So good morning, everyone. First, I want to start with a sound check, make sure people can hear me in the back. Okay. Um, if ever my voice gets too low and you're in the back, you can just point up and I'll look up. <laughs> but then I'll realize you're asking me to talk louder. So, uh, <clears throat> every morning at this time um, of each day, we're going to give some practice uh, instructions, some suggestions of uh, how we practice in this tradition. And all of you are experienced practitioners, um, so you're welcome to listen to our guidance and to follow along. If you already have a lot of practice momentum, um, you're welcome to follow that. So if you already have uh, a way that you're practicing and you feel like you're coming into a retreat um, with uh, those instructions and that momentum, you don't have to stop that to follow us. If you already feel like you, your way in this tradition is well established and that's what your heart and your mind wants to do because that's how you've trained you wouldn't have to fit yourself into the instructions as we're offering them. But if that's not the case, or if you want to kind of pick up and build that momentum, then uh, please uh, follow the instructions as we build them every day, and you'll see which of the instructions works well for your mind, your heart, and your body. One thing that's helpful, especially on a long retreat, um, is to have a basic practice, to have sort of a, a touchstone practice that you return to, uh, something very simple that you can keep returning to. Um, and there are different ways we can practice, but it's good not to be lost in too many choices of what should I be doing. Just have an intuitive, uh, simple place to land um, when your mind wanders. And then you can explore other practices and build upon them, but uh, it's good to develop some practice that you know this is sort of my, uh, my simple starting place again when my mind wanders or I'm not clear. I, I go back to this um, very simple practice and have that clear in your mind so you don't have to spend too much time uh, wondering what you should be doing. When in doubt, just come back to your practice, your simple basic practice. And the general intent is um, we have habits that we use off of retreat, uh, out in life, habits that we use on retreat. Um, some of them are helpful, so we're going to be strengthening them. And some of them are not so helpful. They, they got us through our day, they got us through life up to this point. But we're starting to see that some of the habits of our mind uh, are agitating or they're not based in our values. Um, so some habits we're going to be letting go of and very patiently not reinforcing them. And some habits we're learning are helpful. So we want to give chance to support them, to uh, strengthen them. So strengthening a sense of calm, strengthening a sense of presence, uh, strengthening a kind, patient attitude towards yourself, uh, having a sense of faith 
in the river of time that we're in and not forcing our agendas upon that. Um, these are all uh, very helpful habits to cultivate. And then there are some habits of distraction and agitation. And we'll learn uh, as we keep going deeper and becoming more uh, self-sensitive, we'll learn about habits we didn't even know we had. And we'll get to investigate them and see if they are helpful or if they're in the background agitating us. So one approach to welcome in uh, early on, even before we direct our mind in meditation, is an attitude. The, the way that we come into practice and have that match with our values of kindness and patience and presence. So uh, we have to build that relationship. Often we don't have that as grounded as we would like. So that's one thing you can cultivate uh, while you're here, is returning to patience, returning to self-kindness, returning to presence, versus trying to navigate life up in the conceptual realm uh, that never ends. So um, welcome that tone in your heart. Uh, You can't make it happen, but you can patiently keep welcoming patience and faith. You wouldn't be here without faith in this tradition, faith in yourself, faith in the community. And let that support you so that the work you do is um, motivated not by um, frustration with yourself or not by some self-improvement model that is a big agenda. This is about listening, like we listen to the rain, it's listening to your own heart, your own mind, your own body, and learning what's actually happening versus being lost in our thoughts and concepts. So just to support that, <clears throat> find a posture that is kind to this animal body, nothing too rigid, nothing too strained. Let your animal body find ease in a posture. And take a few deep breaths. And sometimes uh, if you try to take a deep breath and you realize you're hunched over, uh, maybe that posture doesn't allow your body to take a deep breath. So every now and then uh, realign your torso so that it could take a deep breath. And in that body relaxation and stillness, give a little lift so we don't follow one habit that when the body is still, the mind checks out. And when the body is relaxed, that's our downtime. So we relax the body and then lift the body up into a relaxed, noble posture. And we take that internally into our hearts and our minds. We offer our hearts and our minds full permission to relax, to not carry burdens, that the Dharma shouldn't feel like something that's burdensome, something you're forcing. 
So we relax the heart, relax the mind, relax the internal relationship we have with our bodies, the emotions that are here, mental states. And then just as we lifted the body a little, we invite the mind to lift a little bit so that we don't follow that relaxation into unconsciousness. Create a basis of ease and then welcome presence. As we come into presence, it's helpful if you can accept your experience. It may be different than how you thought the first morning would be. But as we relax and come into presence, we then become intimate with the flow of the present. So again, with that attitude of patience, of kindness, bringing in acceptance as I relax and become present. This is truly what's happening for me now. And to help support our presence and develop that strength of presence. For some people, it's helpful to have a direction of attention. So one way to start is to open up to the ambient sounds that are happening. We have a very gentle soundscape of rain We also have the moving of our neighbors, the occasional cough, sniffle. Let's see if you can find that uh, mindful intimacy with the simple act of hearing. And you can stay with hearing, and you can always return to it. And some people find that actually bringing attention inside the body is a more stable home base. 
to becoming aware of your overall body and the posture that you're in. General field of your body sensations. And within the body, there are the sensations of breathing. It's a very reliable field of present time experiences. You might make awareness of breathing your home base. If there's any tension around breathing or any difficulty around breathing, Uh, It may not be the best home base. We want the place that we're bringing our attention back to be both calming uh, and soothing and clear so that we know where to return to. But if you're having bronchial troubles or some pain uh, around your breathing, if that's common for you, Uh, Then the field of the body, the overall body, other parts of your body, or the realm of sound can be very helpful. And for many, the breath is a place to call home, to build a place of home.
welcoming an attitude of patience, kindness, and faith, or whatever supports you. And directing your attention, if that supports stable intimacy with the flow of the present, you could direct your attention to sounds, the field of body sensations, or what it feels like as you breathe. The gentle disruption of old habits.
I'd like to go a little bit more into the practice of the precepts. I have a few announcements and then we'll go into uh, walking practice. So we take these uh, five precepts and many of you have been on many retreats and have already taken the precepts in and have used them as guidance in your life, both on retreat and off retreat. Um, there may be many more opportunities to get in trouble with the precepts off retreat, but even on retreat, um, they're a steady practice to keep the precepts nearby as guidance. Uh, As our hearts and our minds become more sensitive, um, so does our ability to feel into our environment. And if the heart's in a beautiful place, Often the precepts uh, seem very natural. So if your heart's in a good place, uh, there's kindness, there's patience, you're not being troubled with uh, any type of cravings or aversions. But as the heart gets sensitive on retreat, the mind also might find that you're in an agitation and your mind might build a story or a case Uh, out of wanting something or being averse to something. And then it might justify actions uh, from that. And just mindfulness alone might not catch that you're you're in that storyline, but you'll realize that somehow my mind says yes, but the precepts say no. (laughs) That's a good indicator to maybe check a little more closely at what your mind is telling you. you could do. Um, So that's one way that they're very helpful. We're going to become so uh, sensitive on this retreat and not through any type of force, but just the the duration of it. It's a little bit like um, the scientists that created the instruments to detect gravity waves. As they made these instruments more and more sensitive to catch these incredibly subtle waves, they could feel more and more into their local environment and they were starting to pick up waves and vibrations from uh, other offices and the research labs and delivery trucks that were coming and washing machines that might be going on. And they had to make the the sensitivity match um, their understanding of the environment. Uh, That will happen with your heart as well. Um, And so just sensitivity of heart uh, might figure out a lot of what appropriate action is like. But to have the five precepts nearby is to have a very good counsel because the mind is incredibly slippery and sophisticated in getting what it wants.
So to have these five precepts guiding you, especially uh, where there is action, action of the body, action of speech, but also constructing actions in the mind that uh, justify uh, harm or uh, selfishness. It also helps down the road because as your mind becomes more sensitive, you'll pick up on some of your previous karma, things that you've done. And uh, I don't have a lot of regrets uh, after I started practice, but my mind is still clearing out forgiveness fields uh, before I started practice when harsh speech felt like um, empowerment or being selfish against people I disrespected didn't seem like greed. So uh, it also helps the mind not have so many regrets um, down the road when these precepts keep uh, check on our, on our actions. So there are the five, you're familiar with the five, uh, non-harming of living beings and opening up a sensitivity to that. Um, when I was doing walking meditation in Burma, it was just a whole practice not to step on insects because there were so many insects in the forest. And I thought I'll never be able to do walking meditation because it's all about avoiding insects. And then that, that came up into my mind, why is that a contradiction? Oh, I'm looking for samadhi, but I somehow want to tune out of responsibility that I'm sharing this uh, walking path with so many insects. Can I still do walking practice? Uh, and be aware of the ground that I'm stepping on. And there was a little conflict until I felt into it. And it's like, well, it's the whole purpose. I'm making my heart this sensitive is I actually want to care for life on this level. So not harming living beings, uh, big ones like us or little ones. Um, and anyways, that ripples out through increased sensitivity uh, anyways, that your choices um, get revealed to you that there might be harm. And then not, taken, not taking what isn't given. <clears throat> um, we all generally do a good job of that. And as your heart becomes more sensitive, or it might be in a realm where it's kind of sleepy and distracted, um, we may not be paying enough attention to realize uh, uh, the way that we're behaving is encroaching upon other people, either by taking something of somebody else's, or in um, uh, like just the way that we go through the uh, lunch line, for example. Um, going really slow might work for you, but it then has impact on others. And so being generous in our actions and uh, taking what support you need um, but being careful about uh, whatever action we take, that it not um, cross the line to what's not given. And that's how we create a balanced community, actually, um, is our care for other beings um, on the retreat. So how we pass through the lunch line, if it says take one uh, of a cookie, you just take the one. Um, Anyways, whatever the instructions are of how we're sharing the resources um, to be cognizant of that. Uh, We've taken the vow of celibacy on this retreat, and that's um, a general way we're relating to the third precept. But there also will be a whole navigation of the heart 
um, going into longing and uh, being attracted to people on many levels. And so that's just the heart and its activities. But we have to be careful if the heart begins to tell a story of romance, if the heart is drawn into uh, um, seeking something and it, it enchants itself into thinking that this is a reality uh, that I'm going to explore, or I think I'm actually picking up on something. Assume that you're not actually picking up on something. <laughs> um, no matter how much the evidence is pretty clear, uh, the third precept is there to make sure everybody actually has complete safety of other people's uh, fantasies. We want to be close, there will be a, a deep field of intimacy, but it there can be a, a line unexamined how that flows into um, desire. And if you're not aware of the third precept, you're not going to track when that becomes a, a deluded fantasy versus just I'm feeling a lot of love and actually attraction. I'm not going to make that wrong, but I'm clear that that's what's happening versus letting the balloon take off and not know that you've actually entered into a desirous fantasy. Um, Nobody here wants that. Nobody here is suggesting that. So please uh, check your mind um, at those actions, but also in the stories that start to intoxicate around uh, attraction, desire. In terms of speech, <clears throat> there's the actual speech, and silence takes care of a lot of uh, the activities of speech. Um, there's also inner speech, and a lot of our time on retreat is in the realm of inner speech. And to watch out your self-relationship, how you're communicating to yourself. Is it kind, not harsh? Is it honest? Um, is there a division that I'm brewing in my mind? I'm splitting groups of people. I'm not looking at unifying. I'm trying to find a unified field of care. Um, I'm harboring divisions. And then just busyness of mind. Mostly the silence helps us with this fourth precept of speech. Um, but there will be times that you'll be talking in the personal interviews. You might have to talk to people you're working with to solve a problem. There's the ways that you write uh, notes to the managers, um, maybe notes to us. And make sure that, um, like one way <clears throat> you might call a, um, idle chatter is to take the little notes but fill seven of them with a Dharma question that has Pali uh, references. And that's a, that's a lot to, to communicate by note. Um, so right speech might be, how can I actually simply ask a question or have an exchange? And Dharma through note is, uh, is very frustrating, especially when it gets very elaborate. So <clears throat> be careful of internal speech and the few chances you have to have external speech. There's also the speech of body language and to be uh, generous in how you hold a door for somebody or how you interact with somebody and to be careful of uh, harsh body language, whatever, however that might look out, uh, however that might look. Nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and so um, I've got many of you have been on uh, many silent retreats, but it actually is supportive for people's practice 
to not be looking for eye contact. Accidental eye contact is fine. But we're trying to give everybody the support of a personal experience of being able to be in whatever's happening for them. So not to engage people in uh, social interactions. So uh, we, we ask for no eye contact. Don't worry about accidental eye contact. But uh, to let that go not to write notes to each other, even of encouragement um, to friends you have here. And that will support the, uh, the deepening of the retreat. <clears throat> and then the last is about uh, intoxicants um, that cloud the mind. We're really trusting the sober mind here. If you have medications that you need to take, prescribed medications, that's uh, absolutely fine. But if anybody has a habit of how they support their mind with an intoxicating substance, and you have a just-in-case stash with you, uh, you can give that to the managers and say, it was a moment of weakness and I'm giving this up. Um, I'm renouncing uh, this substance that would actually make my mind murky or unclear. We're really trusting to see what a sober mind can do. So that's our practice. we're going to do, uh, we can do the refuges and precepts together as a group. We'll do that in Pali. Just to seal that in our hearts. We're just going to do the first five precepts again today. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Buddham sarnam gachami, dhammam sarnam gachami. Sangam sarnam gachami, dutiyam pi buddham sarnam gachami, dutiyam pi dhammam sarnam gachami, dutiyam pi sangam sarnam gachami, tatiyam pi buddham sarnam gachami. Tatiyam pi dhammam sarnam gachami. Tatiyam pi sangam sarnam gachami. Panatipata we ramani sikapadam samadhyami. Adina dana we ramani sikapadam samadhyami. Abrahmacharya we ramani sikapadam samadhyami. Musawada, we ramani sikapadam samadhyami. Sura Maria, majapamadatana, we ramani sikapadam samadhyami. Irame silam, bhagapalanyanasa, Pachayo Hodu.
And so that's also something you can take as nourishment is you are in a unique community for a month where people have that, uh, are intending for a gravity wave sensitivity on harm. And that's very rare to be in people who uh, have a heart so dedicated to gentleness, non-harming. So it's part of the nourishment and development of our community. In a few days, we're going to offer uh, the eight precepts for those people who want to explore that. And there's a, there's a functional way we do that. Um, and there's also an explaining about the other three precepts. But um, we're letting people settle uh, before we do that. And you have a few days uh, to see if that's right for you. Um, and some of you can opt into and opt out of. And there's a way to do that as well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.